Hello, homemakers. Welcome to season 12 of the Art of Home podcast, where we are exploring how homemakers cultivate a place to belong. I am your host, Allison Weeks. I'm a wife, a mom to four grown kids, granny to one baby boy, and I have been practicing the art of home for over 30 years. Whether you are new to the podcast or you've been listening since the beginning, thank you so much for trusting me with just a little bit of your valuable time today. I hope you find some inspiration from today's guest to practice your homemaking with confidence and creativity, with faithfulness and with joy. So this episode marks the beginning of season 12, and we have so many great things coming this season. I'm very excited to share with you. Uh, The biggest one probably is the rollout of our Pillars of Homemaking Deep Dive series. So we're going to do one deep dive every season for the rest of the year um, on the four pillars of homemaking, beginning with the first one, identity. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, make sure you go back to our birthday episode that aired a few weeks ago. That was the end of season 11. And I talked on that episode all about the basic concept of these four pillars of homemaking, identity, values and priorities, rhythms and routines, and community. And we will be diving into each one of those in a deep dive episode with one or two special guests, and we'll do one deep dive per season throughout the rest of this year. And you'll be hearing me talk a lot about these pillars. I'm going to reference them in other episodes, um, in some of the interviews, and in some of the other deep dives that we're going to be doing on, on different topics. Speaking of which... This season, for season 12, our other deep dive episode, besides the identity deep dive, will be a deep dive on the topic of design in the home. And I'm going to have two of my dear friends on the show who have both been on the show before as homemaker portrait interviewees, Dana Schamberger, who was our first guest, and Danny Hamilton. Um, And they're both so talented in the area of design. And they both have completely different styles and approaches, but I just know it's going to be a fabulous conversation. So you make sure you don't miss that one. Uh, The other big thing coming this season on The Art of Home is I'm going to be rolling out our new branding, which is very exciting. That's actually something that Danny, who will be on the design show, did for us. Um, She did our original design when we were just kind of starting out and we didn't know where this thing was going to go. And I felt like it was time for an update on the branding because God is just growing this podcast and I'm just so excited to continue on until he tells me to stop. So I wanted to up upgrade, upgrade it and just zhuzh it up a little bit, as Danny would say, and um, give it a whole new fresh look. So I hope you guys love it. Be looking for that everywhere. That'll show up on our social platforms, on the website, on the blog, and uh, on the newsletter, and then, of course, on our cover art everywhere that podcasts are found. So that's a lot of new stuff. Uh, More things coming that I'll be telling you about later on. But for now, be sure you're signed up for the newsletter because that is where I share the up and coming and new things first. I let the newsletter audience know first about what's going to be happening, what's coming, what kind of episodes to expect uh, in the season, and then any new announcements of stuff that's going to be coming down the pipe. So make sure you're signed up for the newsletter. Go to theartofhomepodcast.com slash subscribe. There's also going to be a link down in the show notes that you can click and subscribe that way as well. 
So today on the show, I have the honor of sharing with you another homemaker portrait of a dear longtime friend, Jen May. She's on the cusp of becoming a seasoned homemaker. She's just not quite there yet uh, because she still has one kid at home, but she's really right in the middle. I mean, I feel like she's got enough experience that I would consider her a seasoned homemaker, but she didn't want to put herself in that category just yet because her nest isn't fully empty, but she has so much wisdom to share. And we talk about a lot of difficult things in this episode. We talk about a little bit about divorce, and we talk about the challenges of a blended family, um, working full-time while trying to keep up with the home and raising children and the importance of boundaries and intentional rest with all of that. I know that you're going to glean something from it, whether you've got a situation similar to Jen's or not. Um I always tell you guys on the show that one of our main objectives here is to enter into somebody else's story, to walk a mile in their shoes, so to speak, and to grow our our own hearts with empathy and compassion and understanding, and then give us some perspective on our own story. That time we spend entering into someone else's story can bring all of those benefits. So whatever you are applying your hands to as you listen today... I know you will enjoy Jen's story of home. Okay. I'm here with my friend, Jen May, who I have been friends with for 10 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. It has been 10, 10 years. years. Oh, my gosh. That's, That's a long time. time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it didn't seem like a long time because it's just been so easy. And anyway. Aww. Yeah. Thanks. Okay. Yeah. We're going to hear your... In the trenches, you're almost like right on the edge. In mm-hmm. the trenches, you're because you're almost an empty nester. I know. Mm. <laughs> but we're going to hear your story of home in just a minute. Before we do that, um, just tell us a little bit about who you are today. I am um, a follower of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love, I love God, and been just so blessed by Him. Um, relatively, I guess you would say, um, new follower. Um, always knew him, and but I don't think I always. No, I didn't. I don't think I know. I didn't always follow him mm-hmm. um, or put my full trust in him. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so um, I work at Hillside Fellowship um, after about a twenty-year career in aviation. Um, I am a wife to my husband Bobby, and we have five kids. Um, starting at age 31, all the way down to age 18 now. Mm-hmm. Um, we're a blended family. He was married uh, twice before, and I was married once. Um, and so our binder is our 18-year-old. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, How yeah. long have you guys been married? Uh, 20 years in September. Congratulations. <laughs> Thanks. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, thank you for that. So let's go back to the beginning. And let's hear a little bit about your background. So when you first became a homemaker, well, first of all, when do you consider your, yourself having become a homemaker? Did you li- like move out from your parents and live on your own for a while in your first place? Or, Well, um, yeah, I guess, I guess when I finally moved out, probably starting in college, but mm-hmm. before then, definitely got my skills way before I had moved out. Yeah. Um, but, you know... That's that's in a in your home where you're growing up, sure. and so you're not you're not creating so much that that home environment, right. so to speak. Um, it that's where you're learning skills, and yes. um, 
you know, where your safety and protection and stuff like that is. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'd say definitely mm-hmm. in college okay. is when, you know, when I first moved out of the house was um, where I got to decorate how I wanted to or, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, <laughs> those types of things. Yeah. Make your own home. Yeah. Yeah. So you, okay. So you just alluded to having gained some skills when you were, when you were still living at home with your family. So what, what did you learn there? What kind of things did you learn? What did you bring into homemaking? Well, um, so I had to learn at a very early age. Um, my father was not in the best health. Mm. Um, he had his first heart attack when I was, uh, almost 10. Wow. Um, and then, um, he just he never went back to work or anything after that so he had a he had a heart attack had quadruple bypass surgery and all that so in any case um my mom ended up having to get two jobs mm-hmm. um and my and our my grandmother my dad's mom came to live with us and although she you know she did most of the cooking it was my sister and I's responsibility to clean the house and mow the grass and mm-hmm. iron the clothes and yeah. my grandma would we do some, you know, some of the laundry, but, um, you know, she didn't stay with us forever, but yeah, it was definitely all those skills except for really just cooking was one of those that, um, I didn't really learn a whole lot hmm. about cooking. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. Cause was your grandma doing a lot of the cooking? Is that what you said? Yes. Yeah. And your family is Filipino, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You're Filipino. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. My That's mom is Filipino and my father's an American. Okay. Yeah. All right. So she was handling the cooking, so you didn't really have to do too much of that. So was that your steepest learning curve was learning oh, how yeah. to cook? Yes. For okay. sure. For sure. Um, yeah. There's just, I don't know if there just wasn't really any time to learn to cook or um, it's just one of those things that she just handled. Now, it's not like she didn't teach us, you know, yeah. different things, you know, baking stuff. Right. Um, she loved to make zucchini bread. That's one of the most, every time I make zucchini bread, I just think of my grandmother. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and my mom was just so busy with working two jobs. She just wasn't home. So she really depended on my, you know, me and my sister to really just get stuff done. So yeah. Saturdays in my house where there was not that typical American version of what you think you see in my mind. So that's what, you know, uh, it was, you know, the sun's up, get up or grab something to eat and start cleaning the house. Mm-hmm. And then when you got done, then you went outside and you had to do the yard work. Mm-hmm. And so it was a full day of just chores on Saturday. Yeah, And I thought that was normal. Mm-hmm. So, um, but as far as, yeah, cooking, it was if you got to help grandma in the kitchen bake something fun, like a cake or brownies or zucchini bread, <laughs> yeah, then, you know, that was like a real special treat. Yeah. You know, so. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, it's interesting though that you had that experience of having her in the home. I mean, that's, it's not common in Western culture to have a multi-generational home. Um, and so, I mean, overall, would, would you say that was a positive experience for you? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Um, yeah, especially, you know, with a mom that was working and you just, just never got to see her, mm-hmm. it was good to have that, you know. Because she was basically female. supporting all of you guys. Um, yeah, yeah, in a sense. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's difficult. Well, let's talk a little bit about expectations. 
what were some of the things that surprised you about homemaking? Either good or bad, just things that you didn't expect going into homemaking. That um, chores are never 50-50. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Some days it's 80-20, and sometimes Bobby's the one putting away the laundry, or I may need to mow the grass because he's busy doing something else. But um, what was not, or I guess what did meet my expectation was that everybody chips in. Mm Mm-hmm. And I, we still carry that on to this day. Like everybody has to chip in. And right. some days, you know, it is 80-20. Some days, you know, you, you, I would hope, I guess maybe in my mind that I would like for it to be more 50-50, but it's never going to be 50-50. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that was one of the expectations coming into a marriage thinking <laughs> that that's the way it's going to be. I help you, you help me, and everything's great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Are you guys more traditional in how you do split up? Like, does he mostly handle the stuff outside and you mostly handle the stuff inside or no? There have been, there have been seasons um, where it was like that. Yeah. Where I mostly take care of the inside of the, of the home and anything outside of the home, the, the yard, the, the cars, that kind of stuff um, Bobby would take care of. But, um, but there were seasons where there, there wasn't. You know, I've always been a working mom. There was a couple of years in between where, where I didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that case, I just thought, well, he's busy re- working. Yeah. I can get out and push the lawnmower or, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. wash the car. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So what is an expectation besides the 50-50 sharing um, that you've had to let go of? <laughs> yeah, that that my home isn't going to be this picture perfect model home mm-hmm. uh 24 hours a day right when when i first um when i was looking to buy our first home uh with my first husband you know it was going in all these model homes and and stuff like that and i thought this is how my house is going to be once mm-hmm. i purchase a home mm-hmm. that my house is always going to look perfect it's going to have the you know Mm-hmm. all the best things and the latest refrigerator or stove or whatever. And, um, no, no, your house isn't going to look like that. Right. Um, your house is going to look like it's lived in. Mm-hmm. It should look like it's lived in. Mm-hmm. You don't want it to be a museum. No, definitely so, not. Yeah, definitely not. Okay. Let's talk about parenting. Okay. So you're, um, you told us in the beginning that you had been married before, Bobby had been married before. So you're a blended family. So let's let's talk about that. Let's talk about the impacts of that and, and what that's meant for your life together. Okay. Um, yeah, blending a family uh, was really hard. Um, Bobby was a single parent with um, two girls. And at the time, they had just turned 11 and 9. Mm-hmm. Eight, sorry, eleven and eight, mm-hmm. and um, and I was a single mom with a three year old, and so you know, as a mom, you grow <laughs> with your child. So I knew how to yeah. deal with a three year old. I had no idea how to deal with uh, you know just eleven year old and an eight year old. Um, Sweet, sweet girls that just really wanted a mama. Mm-hmm. And, um, but 
I didn't, I didn't know how to do that. So definitely had, um, made a lot of mistakes. I only knew my parenting skill for that age only came from what I knew Mm -hmm. when I was an 11 or eight year old. Right. And I grew up in a really strict, strict home, Mm -hmm. um, with a lot of expectations on what a child should or should not do. It, mm-hmm. I grew up in that yeah. be seen, not heard um, kind of generation. And that spilled over into my parenting style for them, which looking back now was just, it was damaging. Um, but we, the three of us, meaning um, me and the two older girls, um, we grew up together. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was um, it was difficult, but such a blessing at the same time, mm-hmm. you know, have these, sorry, hmm. have these two beautiful, beautiful girls that I love and adore um, and who are great big sisters to Julian, um, who's our third daughter, <laughs> um, and yeah, and now I get to be a grandma mm-hmm. and um, I get to just witness them being adults. And yeah, it truly is just an honor mm-hmm. um, to be able to be their mom. Yeah. What would you recommend? Because, okay, so I, I will just say that nobody goes into a marriage thinking, I'm going to get divorced. Like, <laughs> yeah. they don't. That's never anybody's plan at the altar, yeah. um, unless they're a psycho. But um, <clears throat> you guys found yourselves in these situations, and then you had this these two families that God was bringing together. Let me ask you, when when do you feel like you really started following the Lord fully? Was that You said that was fairly recently. Yeah, for me it was, it's, um, well, we started attending Hillside 14 years ago. Okay. Um, and uh, that was really just, that's what you're supposed to do. So that's yeah. what we did. We found a church and we found a home church. And mm-hmm. and it was, we were consumers. Mm-hmm. We came to get what we wanted from the church, which is just to be filled, you know, by the, by the spirit or whatever that was. Yeah. Um, and so for me, and I won't speak for my husband, but for me, it was like, I was like a Pharisee's, you know, mm-hmm. uh, look whitewashed and clean on the outside, but on the inside, you're just, you're dead bones, you know, kind of thing. Um, And it wasn't until I started getting really connected with other women at the church and really digging into His Word Mm -hmm. and really following the model that that Jesus has laid out for us that I found transformation and healing and forgiveness Mm -hmm. as I really... That's what I was missing. So how did that translate into your family home as far as being able to blend two families together and make that work? Yeah. Um, Jesus just calls us to love. Mm -hmm. And I experience love through. So not only did I gain these two beautiful girls, 
um, and a son, because my husband has been married. I'm my husband's third wife. And mm. so from his first marriage, he has two girls. From his second marriage, he has a son. Okay. Then I have um, one daughter from my first marriage, and mm-hmm. then we have our son together. Mm-hmm. Um, so not only did I get to, you know, gain, you know, three additional kids, but um, I gained the most amazing extended family. Mm. Um, it's the girls that's, so it's the girls is biological grandmother. Mm-hmm. So my husband's ex mother-in-law from his first wife. Okay. <laughs> I know it that's sounds mouthful. so complicated. I know. Okay. Um, life is complicated. She is my bonus mom. Mm. She's just another mom to me from, from day one. She just accepted me. I could, she could have easily just been like, Oh, he's just getting married again. Here's another light. But no, yeah. I never felt that from her ever. Mm-hmm. She was always just so welcoming. And same with my mother-in-law. It was the same way. It was just just so much love and acceptance from day one. Yeah. And I don't think if I would have had that, I think our family dynamic would look would look a lot different mm-hmm. for sure. Um, but as far as finding Jesus and how that translates into this blended family, it really is just, just love, mm-hmm. just love them right where they're at. Yeah, just love them as best as you can. Um, you don't have to like or even accept the situation, but it, I'm telling you, it makes it a lot easier mm-hmm. if you do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's one of the biggest things in our family um, is that we just. We, we try to model that as best as we can. It doesn't matter if, if you're actual blood or, we're, or the ex-mother-in-law yeah. <laughs> of the first wife. Um, yeah, so our blended family looks a little bit different. I mean, I vacation with my bonus mom. Her name's Margaret. Um, they actually just moved here in July to be closer to, of course, their granddaughters, but mm-hmm. me too. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. And then, of course, they love Julian and AJ just like yeah. they're their own kids. I mean, there's, wow. we just, it wasn't in, it wasn't so much like we didn't have the intention of not using those words stepmom or stepdad or half brother, you know, like any of those, we just didn't, we Mm -hmm. just didn't use those. We never really talked about it. Mm -hmm. We didn't condone anybody who did like it. It just wasn't, Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't know how to explain it. It just, we just didn't. And I don't even, it had to be, had to have been just the Lord the whole time. Mm -hmm. Um, So taking a messy situation, you know, that sin left in its wake for yeah. all the different reasons, yeah. you know, which we're not going to go into that, but you know, he redeems things. Yes. So, yeah. And it really just started with, she just wanted to come and visit her grandkids. So mm-hmm. this is, so this is early on in our relationship and we're still just dating. Mm-hmm. And he says, hey, the girls, his grandmother wants to come and visit. And I'm like, great, I'll get the back room ready. I'll, you know, mm-hmm. and he said, she can stay here. And I was like, yes, of course she can stay here. Why, where else would she stay? You know? Yeah. Um, and so for me, it was, a, it was about not getting in the way of the relationship mm-hmm. 
that they're going to have with their yeah. kids or their grandkids. And so, and that extends through our exes as well. Yeah. So if my ex-husband wanted to come, like he's coming to watch Julian in a play or swim or whatever it is, then they know our house is open. And I know that sounds weird to a lot of people and that doesn't fit for everybody. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Mm-hmm. But I, I needed my kids to see that there's, there's no division here. You can have all of these people love you and be there for you without tension, without having to feel like you have to pick sides. Right. And that, that for us, it was just about how do we allow others to love our kids as much as we do? Mm-hmm. It's just... I, no, I, I totally understand what you're saying because it's like we the division comes in when there's unforgiveness and yeah. unrepentance and yeah. all of that kind of stuff. And um, yeah, it, it's, and that is not of the Lord, you know, no, God doesn't love divorce, right? We right, know that. Right, right. Right. But to be able to take a situation like that and love people through it and still, you know, in humility say, this wasn't what I intended necessarily. Like I right. said, you didn't go to the altar thinking I'm going to get a divorce and all this yeah, stuff. You yeah. know, that's not what we think. But then, this is the situation I'm in now. So how can I let Christ? How can I let the love of Christ flow through me to all the people that are involved yeah. here? Because it's not about me getting my way or being right about something right. or making you know yeah. making a point and being nasty to people about it. It's just about being love, expressing. Love. Right. As right. Christ would love. Yeah. And it was definitely had to have been the Lord because, uh, you know, at that at that time I wasn't, I mean, I was a believer, but I w- really wasn't walking with the Lord at mm-hmm. the time. So it had to have been yeah. all Him. Um, yeah. It, it was definitely awkward at first. I'm it's sure not, it it's not easy to call your husband's ex-wife and say, Hey, would you like to come to the birthday party? You know, or your mm-hmm. ex-husband, you know, whatever. It's going to be awkward at first. And then you you know, as your exes get married or whatever, it's like inviting them into and they're going to they're going to feel weird. But how, how do you make them feel comfortable? Mm-hmm. You know? Cuz again, it's it's not about me. It's mm-hmm. not about the past relationships. It's about it's about that child. Yeah. That's it. Mhm. Yeah. And it requires a lot of selflessness. Yeah. Which yes, can only definitely. come from the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You definitely have to um humble yourself and be a servant at mm-hmm. that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely the Holy Spirit for sure. Well thanks for sharing about that. It's yeah. not an easy topic um to take on. And so I appreciate your your willingness to be open and share about that. So how do you encourage your kiddos? How have you encouraged them over the years to participate? In homemaking with you, because I know you, they're almost all gone. Right, right. There's just the one left. Yeah. But how do you encourage them, or how have you in the past, and just to enter into that making making a home with you? Well, you know, when when it was just Julian, <laughs> you know, when she was three, you know, there's those practical ways of like, okay, it's time to clean up your toys, you know. And then when you add um, to older kids, it, it's like, I don't know that it was so much that it was like a slow progress. But for me, of course, because I'm just I'm like jumping into their world now, right? So it's like, okay, well, everybody just, it wasn't like it's a, let's Let's try to gently move. It was like, no, 
this this just has to get done. And so we just, <laughs> yeah, I didn't really so much like just encourage it. It was more of that that was the need mm-hmm. that everybody needed to participate. Mm-hmm. And again, sometimes it looks 50-50 or, you know, thirds <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. Um, but it was, yeah. And But I do want to say that... Um, as you're, as I had, you know, started introducing them to different things, you know, different chores, how to do your laundry or how to clean the bathroom or, mm-hmm. you know, those types of, th- those types of things. Um, when they did something really well, I made sure and praised them for that mm. because everybody needs that. So I would say, oh man, you did such a great job on, you know, washing these dishes or, you know, putting your clothes away, whatever it is. I know it sounds silly, but everybody needs some yeah. encouragement every once in a while, especially, especially kids. Now, yep. when it wasn't quite done the way it should be done, <laughs> remember this is practice. Right. And so sometimes we have to keep doing it over and over and showing them how mm-hmm. and making them do it all over again, um, sometimes that needs to be done too. I know. I know. <laughs> and it's excruciating. But it is. It, it has yeah. to be done. Yes. Yes. And they will thank you one day. They will. I oh, promise man. they will. They absolutely will. I have these stories of when Jordan and Sam first went off to college. And I like the shirts folded a very certain way, the way Mm -hmm. you see in the department stores with the (laughs) sleeves in and the, you know, and they absolutely hated it. Oh my gosh, they hated it. And talk about going back and doing it over again. That was one of like, that's not folded right, do it again. (laughs) So I know in their minds... Well, actually, they, both of them, I think, probably told me they this verbalized when they, they were, were teenagers. <laughs> I will never fold my sh- T-shirts like this ever. And I'm not. So they're three years apart, mind you. And I had never told either one of them this story until years ago. But about two months into being away from home in college, both of them had called me crying I just folded my t-shirt the way you made me do it. And I swore I would never do it, but I did it. And I just miss you so much. I mean, yes, it will come back. I promise you. Oh my gosh. That's hilarious. Sometimes separation, you know, anyway. Yeah. 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 Yeah, That's really, that's really a good one. I like that. Mine was with my kiddos going off and living with slovenly roommates you know oh, yes. and they're like oh, yes they don't clean anything they don't take, mom yeah, they like, don't take out the trash no they're disgusting they don't know how to clean a toilet and i'm like you were actually disgusting too you know yes but, yes yeah no we've had some of those as well it's yeah but it was just for me like i said the timing of it cuz they like you know like i said they're 3 years apart but within 2 months two months both of them both had of called them. at you That's know so that funny. point in time in their life that they just Aww. crying and you know sending a text with the with the t-shirt all folded <laughs> nicely <laughs> i love it so That's funny. So great. okay let's talk about priorities <clears throat> all right what are practical steps that you take to set and keep priorities yeah because you you work full time, yeah, outside the home. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, tell me, 
Tell me. Practical stuff. Well, yeah. So, you know, my husband and I both work full time and um, our kids, especially, you know, in the teenagers, just super busy with sports or band or, you know, all kinds of extracurricular activities and things of that nature. And Mm -hmm. um, so... Yeah, we definitely live a very busy, busy lifestyle. So how do we keep those priorities, our priorities, in the midst of all the crazy busyness, Um, you know, God and and being in His Word and and stuff like that? Um, Because we're so busy, we really relish in our free time, in our rest. Mm -hmm. Um, So if there is a day that we don't have to do anything... um, we try not to. Mm. We try to just rest. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes that means dishes get left in the sink or laundry doesn't get done. And that might mean that I'm going to be extra busy the next day trying to get caught up on some of that stuff. Yeah. But um, rest for us has to be a priority because um, mm-hmm. we'll burn out mm-hmm. and then we get grumpy and <laughs> yeah. all the things. So, yeah. Um, yeah, rest and free time. And then um, along with that rest and free time is definitely family time. Um, we love to get together as much as we can. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it, and that that is the get together with whoever can be there. There's yeah. no pressure if you've got prior commitments or whatever you know yeah. that looks like. It's whoever can come, comes. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's a, a priority for, for us as well. Um, and then as Bobby and I start to enter into this empty nesting stage, um, we get to date more, oh. which is just, it's, we've always tried to prioritize that in our marriage in the 20 years that we've been together. Cause we really do think that's important. Yeah. Get a babysitter. Yeah. Go. If, if your date night just looks like you're just going to the grocery store together, it's just <laughs> about being together without the kids, without the additional I don't want to call them distractions, but you get, you yeah, know what no, I'm saying. I know what you, mean. you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, now that AJ drives himself and we hardly ever see him, it's I, like, yes, I remember. Well, do we cook dinner or do we just go out and grab something, you know? And so, yeah, date nights have always been a, we've always tried to make those a priority, but you know, it's within whole, the busy life. But you it's know, a but, whole lot easier once the nest starts yeah, to empty out. Yeah. Because, yeah. You just, you do find that you have more time on your hands um, and more, yeah, you're not having to taxi and ferry people back and forth to different things. Right, right. So. Yes. And so my my current, I guess, not my current, but what I'm starting to really prioritize now in this stage of life that we're in is is my husband. Mm-hmm. Just, it has been really fun to just, I mean, we laugh about, Things that we used to do when we were in our 30s, and now we're older, 20 years older. It's like, well, yeah, we really don't do that anymore. You know, just like, I mean, we used to be so active in sports and stuff like that. And Mm -hmm. now it's date night looks like going to the grocery store Mm -hmm. or running to Home Depot or going on a motorcycle ride, you know. So it's just prioritizing my husband and just making sure that... um, that if he feels wanted, yeah, validated, mm-hmm. um, seen, mm-hmm. loved, mm-hmm. you know, and 
I think it's really important, no matter what stage of life that you're in, no matter how old your kids are, um, that your children see that. Absolutely. Let them see the little flirting. Let mm-hmm. them see, you know, the little kiss or that you're holding hands or that you're going out on date night and I'm sorry you're upset that you don't get to go, <laughs> but this is mommy and daddy time. And, you yeah. know, so it's let, yeah, let them see, let your kids see you laughing together, working together, crying together, mm-hmm. pray together. Let them see all the sweet, mushy yeah. stuff, you know. <laughs> G-rated, of course. Uh, but yeah, just just let them see that you're still in love and model that for them, I guess is Absolutely. what I'm trying to say. Absolutely. Model that for them. No, that's that's an excellent point. And we want to make sure that they see that. And even, even seeing us conflict well together. Yes, yes. That which is, is also hard. important. It's, it's hard to do that well and not... Because what you don't want is to expose them to unhealthy... <laughs> where we're throwing things across the room at one another or something like that. But learning to conflict well together as a couple, um, that means, you know, when you disagree, you work through those and you, because you love one another. So you do the hard things and you have the hard conversations and letting your children uh, in appropriate measure see a little bit of that. Right. Um, because they, they need to see that as a balance to all the mushy, fun, yes. levy, levy yes. stuff. Because then that way, when they get into a marriage and they they have to face conflict, they're mm-hmm. not shocked. Like, well, mom and dad never had to deal right. with this. Right. You know? I absolutely 100% agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. They need to know what healthy conflict looks like and what resolution or maybe yes. even repentance looks like. Oh, yes. Very good point. Yeah. Yeah. And and that extends to our kids as well. Mm-hmm. You know. Asking that them was for hard, forgiveness. Yeah. yeah. That was, it was a hard one for me because it was not modeled well in my mm-hmm. family. And so yeah, to go back and say, you know what, I really messed up. I am so sorry mm-hmm. that I hurt your feelings or whatever it was. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's that's really good. Okay. And fun fact, in case you missed it, they ride motorcycles together. <laughs> and I just learned that Jen rode dirt bikes when she was a kid. <laughs> Fun fact. Just wanted to throw that in there. Okay. Let's move on to social media. Okay. I mean, so your girls, you might have had to deal a little bit with this. Well, and mm-hmm. and then maybe with your son. I don't know. Because mm-hmm. boys maybe not as much. But tell me, how do you, how do you maintain a healthy relationship with media in general mm. and social media? Um, I just kind of like to touch on the media topic because it's such a huge part of this generation's mm-hmm. life mm-hmm. and um, how did y'all navigate that or how are you navigating that? Yeah. Um, well, in regards to social media, um, when our teenagers first had access to cell phone or social media or, you know, whatever, I think it was, um, it was whatever it was before Facebook. What was oh, that? Um, Square... No, MySpace. 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 Yes. And Jordan had come home, I think she was 13 or 14, and wanted a MySpace account. And um, her and Bobby talked about it, and he allowed her, but he had to be her friend. Mm-hmm. And so that way, you know, just monitor and stuff like that. And so with with social media for us, it was um, when you're age appropriate. So we have this saying that it's it's not a no forever, Mm. it's a no for right now. Mm -hmm. And then we would explain, well, we just don't think you're old enough yet or we want to wait till you're 12 or, you know, whatever that is. Right. Um, 
so with social media, that's kind of how how we started to kind of navigate through that. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the time, that was when you couldn't even get social media on your phone, on your phone right? <laughs> so it wasn't um, wasn't a, a a real problem. Um, and then you know, as technology advanced and you were able to get it on your phone, um, we allowed the girls to be able to do that ag- again with that age appropriateness and, Mm -hmm. you know, we're still monitoring, you know, as your friend on Facebook or whatever it was. Um, As far as media and stuff goes, we're just so busy. We don't have a whole lot of time for Mm -hmm. TV. Mm -hmm. Um, And so part of like our rest days sometimes are really just binge watching Mm -hmm. something (laughs) like just silly, like great British baking show. Oh, yes. One of Bobby and I's favorites. Love that. Love that um, show. Or American Idol or, you know, like um, stuff like that. And yeah. And so for, for our kids monitoring um, their, their screen time, so to speak, really wasn't a huge challenge for us just because we were just always gone. Mm-hmm. I mean, we joked at one point, like why, when they were younger, when they were all younger, why are we paying for cable? Mm-hmm. We only watch it like three or four hours a week yeah. at that point, you know? And so um, that it was really wasn't a big concern. Um, mm-hmm. Now, as we're kind of all older and life has slowed down a little bit, I could see how we spend probably too much time staring at our phones on mm-hmm. social media. And so for me, yeah, that's definitely still a struggle is scrolling through all of them the instagram the facebook the pinterest the mm-hmm. tiktok the all the things um it's such a time sucker yes thank you <laughs> it just sucks all the time yes, away yes it's like you go into a time warp yes how has it absolutely. been three hours <laughs> exactly and i you know and my excuse is i'm gonna just look at it through loads of laundry or in between you yeah. know as you know as cooker uh, as dinner is cooking while it's browning or whatever, I'll just jump on here real quick or, you know, but yeah, it's definitely a time suck. So I got, bad. I got to tell you, I, I was cured of that very recently <clears throat> because I put a pot on the stove mm. because I was going to make some soup or something, I think. And I needed to saute the onions and the, and the celery at the beginning. So I always put it on the stove and then I pour a little oil in there and let the oil heat up. Then I'm going to put the, well, I did the oil in the stove and it's on. And then I stepped away from the stove to get something. And then I was like, oh, let me just, while that's heating up, let me just check something really quick. (laughs) A few minutes later, my stove is smoking because the oil has gotten hot. It is almost on fire. So, (laughs) you know, I'm I'm almost going to burn my house down because I'm checking social media. So I don't do that anymore when I put things on the stove. (laughs) So... Confession. Okay. And you can take this out or you can leave it. I don't care, but it's kind of funny. So I'm preparing to make the cake for you today. And it needed to just, you know, it needed the caramel or whatever you call it. You know, it's just it's, butter and brown sugar. Right. Right. It's an upside just, down cake. Right. And so it's got to right. caramelize. Okay. So 
the butter's in there and it's starting to melt and it's not fully quite melted all the way yet, but I'm like, oh, it'd be fine. I just dumped the sugar, you know, brown sugar in there. And I go back to Pinterest to find the rest of the recipe because I do Frankenstein recipes. (laughs) Where's the thing for this? And I'm scrolling and scrolling and it's like, oh, I need to stir that. So I'd stir it and then go back to scrolling and scrolling. Um, The first um, butter sugar (laughs) topping. I cooked it too long and it it became hard like like to- candy. candy. Yeah. Like you made like toffee. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So then <laughs> I am now running behind. And that's when I sent you the text that said, "Hey friend, I know we're supposed to meet at 1, <laughs> but I'm running behind. Can we make it 1:30?" <laughs> because it's cuz you were making a cake and you had to fail. Oh. Yes. <laughs> I was like, so I had to start all over think. Jesus. I still had butter and sugar. <laughs> You may not have had anything to eat. Oh, I? <laughs> and I didn't—I don't expect you to cook for me. I know, but yes, it was such a nice treat. Yes, and right. I was happy to come at one thirty. So of funny. One. So yes. So I have a similar story. Mine's just more recent, as like of, a as couple hours two ago. Hours ago. <laughs> That's so funny. I had to throw that pan away. Like it burned oh, so no. badly. I made like carbon or something. You know, like yes. <laughs> And it was not going to come off the oh, pan. I had to throw the man. pan away. It wasn't an expensive pot. Actually, that was great. <laughs> I think it was a Goodwill pot. Anyway, okay. So thank you for sharing that, fail. Yeah. Um, well, the cake is delicious and it was well worth it. And by the way, if it is a gluten-free banana walnut upside-down cake mm-hmm. that she Frankenstein for multiple yes. recipes, which she's going to write it down when I leave here, yes. right? And yes. share it with me and I will share it with all of you. Yeah. Because it's really, really good. Don't step away from your and, caramel. <laughs> right. Make sure you stay next to your caramel. All right. So temptations and challenges. Mm. I'm going to give you three choices. Okay. You okay. tell me which one you most identify with. Comparison to other women homemakers. Just a homemaker. I'm not getting paid, so this is not a real job. Or superwoman trying to do all the things. Yeah, I definitely struggle with um, with all three of those. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, second to last, I think, would definitely be comparison to women or homemakers. Um, but as I just really dig into into the Lord's word and 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 take a step back, like I'm starting to realize now that. Um, just just like the human body, the Lord created a cell differently. So mm-hmm. the heart can't do what the lungs do and the lungs can't do what the heart does, kind of right. kind of thing. Um and like don't don't judge someone else's strengths against your weaknesses. Mm. Because yep. you you know, yep. Again, the Lord made us all different so that we would all work together. Right. <laughs> Right. So, um, but yeah, definitely when I was younger or first on social media and everybody's throwing up their highlight reels and all of that, get in sucked into that, oh, I'm not doing enough or whatever, which then leads me into the the superwoman. Mm-hmm. So this is something I'm definitely still trying to figure out and trying to maneuver. Um, the superwoman for me really comes from the people pleasing. Yeah. Um and I still struggle with struggle with this one, um, but God is revealing to me that boundaries are good, and mm-hmm. no is an acceptable answer. Um, 
So the the people pleasing, a very, very dear, wonderful friend of mine sent me this podcast on people pleasing and how that could actually be its own sin. Because mm. who are you doing this for? Are you doing the task or are you overcommitted to these different tasks because you want to be liked? Or are you doing this to glorify God? Right. So I really, I wrestled with this one for, you know, for after that, listening to that podcast, I had just never really thought about it that way. Yeah. Am I doing it to make myself look good or am I doing this to glorify the Lord? Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, still, the Lord is still working in me on that one in the, in the people pleasing and the perfectionist Mm -hmm. in me wanting everything to look great and everything's great and everything's wonderful and all the things. Um, mm-hmm. But no, we have limits. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So no yeah. is an acceptable answer because you need rest. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a priority of ours. Yeah. So No, that's that's exactly what I was going to say, that we, we just operate as if we're limitless, you know, and only God is limitless, mm-hmm. obviously. So if we're operating out of a place of, never saying no and never having good boundaries, then we're trying to be him. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and we can't do that. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And I just, I wanted my kids to really, and it goes back to just me being my my own God, right? Mm-hmm. I wanted to be so involved in my kids' life that I'll, I'm going to be team mom or I'm going to be, you know, den mom or, you know, yeah. the school, school, you know, but at the same time, I still have a house to run and little kids to parent and a full-time job, and a job right you know and so yeah trying to be superwoman mm-hmm. you know just just so that my kid feels loved right from my tasks from your tasks exactly but yet i'm i'm doing all these things for you mm-hmm. but where is my heart posture mm-hmm. in that you know um cuz my kid needs to feel loved at home Right. My kid doesn't need to feel that I love them because I'm working the concession stand. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Let's talk about hospitality. What is one practical way that you show hospitality in your homemaking? Well, this one was a hard one for me to answer because okay. I just wasn't really sure. But then, you know, um, but we serve God by serving our families. Mm-hmm. And so if I look at it that way, then (laughs) there's no right answer. I mean, there's no right answer. No, there, yeah, (laughs) there is just, um, like sometimes just doing my teenager's laundry because I know he's too busy and just doing it for him. Mm -hmm. That's showing him love. That's showing him care. That's, that's serving him humbly. Right. Cause you know. I'm just I'm just doing it. I'm right. not throwing it in his face or expecting something in return. Um, yeah, so doing my kids' laundry, even though he knows how to do it, or um, in this stage of of our lives, you know, with the older kids, it's making their favorite meal when they come home to visit. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it could be just as simple as that. Or yeah. like um, our second oldest daughter, Sam, they just sold one house and bought another house, and so. I had I kept the grandbaby and so they could move in and all that stuff. And then when it was time to bring my granddaughter back, 
I brought them a meal mm-hmm. and, you know, to something that they could heat yeah. up because they're moving, you know? Right. Um, so it's just little things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Especially just, just doing something to serve somebody else without expecting anything else in return. Yes. That's it. I agree. <laughs> And I think it's in the little things that we can show hospitality. Uh, It doesn't have to be big, I guess is what I'm trying to say. You know, a lot of people are scared of that word, hospitality, whether it's, whether it it throws people when I ask, how do you show hospitality to one another in your home? But it, the, the premise is the same, whether you're showing it to the people in your home or the people who are visiting from outside of your home, you're wanting to serve people. Mm-hmm. in a way that is meaningful to them and makes them feel like they belong. Right. And a lot of times, most of the time, that's something, it's very simple things. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be elaborate. People get scared of the idea of showing hospitality because they think it has to look a certain way and it has to be grand and they have to have a fancy dinner with expensive food or you know, their house isn't decorated in the most you know, trendy style or right. whatever. And so right. they don't want to open their home to people, but it's like, no, actually yeah. that's, people just really don't care that they much. They really don't care about that any of that. baseboards are dirty. No. They really don't. They're they really, not going to come no, in they're and they're looking. not going to look at that. <laughs> if they do, then that's their problem, not yours, you know? But yeah, it really is opening up your doors so that people feel welcome, that they feel safe, that they feel seen, that, mm-hmm. you know, that they feel loved, validated, whatever, accepted. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's the, that really is all about hospitality. Yeah. And it can be that somebody made you a cake or it could be that they just offered for you to just come in and have a cup of coffee or mm-hmm. a glass of water or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's it's really ha- it, all about how you make them feel. Mm-hmm. Yep. So how do you think that homemaking helps to build community? Well, it's about just being together mm-hmm. and, and, and how you how you make somebody feel that you're opening up your doors to them for a celebration mm-hmm. or maybe a need. Yeah. They just need a place to stay right. or they just need a meal or it's just about just being together and laughing and fellowshipping and, mm-hmm. you know, or, because, or even if it's just crying because that's what you need at the time. Right. So because we, we're made for community. Yes. Yeah. By a God who exists in perfect community. Right. With himself, which that's a whole other thing. And we won't, you know, talk about tr- Trinitarian theology because it's a big subject. Yeah. But we know that's what the Bible teaches. And so he made us to be in community with him and community with other people. Right. And so learning how to do community well, you first learn that in the home. And if you learn it in the home, then you can go out from right. there. Right. You know, and that's what we're hopefully teaching our kids when they're in our homes growing up. Right. Um, and then we continue to extend that to them when they leave and come yeah. back with their families. And and you hope that you're building a legacy of community, of healthy community. At yeah. least that's my hope. That's what I'm right. That well, was and my that's aim. that's how I learned it. Mm-hmm. Really, hospitality and having a, a home, I learned by going and observing, because that's how I learn. I'm a I'm a observer okay. or I'm a hands-on yeah. learner. Um, and so, yeah, the bonus mom that I talked about, my mm-hmm. mother-in-law, my mother-in-law before her, um, these were all people, women that, and I know we're going to talk about, you know, the whole generational thing yeah. later, but um, 
by them just opening up their homes and yeah. just modeling what that looks like for me helped me to learn. Mm-hmm. And then of course that that went along the same same line as just friends that were my age or maybe yeah. a year too older or a year too younger. It's it's I learned by observation mm-hmm. and I held on to those because of how it made me feel. Mm. Yeah. That's a good testimony <laughs> to the benefit of hospitality, people. Yeah. I don't think but I have to say, when somebody says hospitality, I my heart rate goes up. And <laughs> you I'm break like, out into a sweat. Yes. <laughs> and I, have to, I have to clean my baseboards. No, you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> I've not always been um, so open with my home because mm. of that fear that I'm going to be judged. Yeah. Nobody cares if you have dirty dishes yeah. in the sink because they have dirty dishes in the sink too. They do. And you know what's the best thing for that? Um, if somebody says like they're going to pop in and you have a bunch of dirty dishes, fill the sink with water and soap and put the dishes in and that. And go. it actually looks kind of clean because the yeah. soap is white, like the bubbles yeah. are white and That's all the dirty such a dishes great trick. are it, it so it doesn't look quite as messy. Yes. At least to my eyes it does. Yes, doesn't. and it smells clean cuz there's this nice. soap in there. Exactly. And there's everything is off the counter now. That, see? That's such a great tip. See? There you go. Okay. All right. We're going to do some rapid fire questions. All right. What is your biggest homemaking fail? Oh, feeling like my house needed to be perfect all the time. That's one. Yeah. That's that's the long one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, the, so uh, Bobby and I's first Thanksgiving together. Um, oh, I love Thanksgiving fail oh stories. Oh my gosh. I love <laughs> so all the kids were with their other bio parent, okay. right? So it was uh-huh. just him and I. And for, I don't even know why we decided we wanted to make a brisket for Thanksgiving. Oh. But that's what we were going to make. Mm-hmm. Like it should have been something small like Cornish hen or something like <laughs> that because it's just the two of us. Why right. do we need a big brisket? Anyway, so... um I had talked to this one mechanic. This is when I was still working for Delta. We both worked for us at the time. But anyway, was talking to him like, yeah, I want to make this brisket, but I don't really know how. And can you even do it in an oven if you don't have a smoker and blah, 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 blah. And he's like, oh, yeah, absolutely. And so he he gives me this like recipe and tells me how to do it or whatever. And, you know, followed it, put it in the oven. It was like chewing on an old tire. <laughs> it was so bad. So bad. It was dry and it was hard. Oh, no. And he had me use the fake, like the liquid smoke. Oh, oh my gosh. It no. was so bad. And uh, my sweet, sweet husband, who was my boyfriend at the time, was he just, I mean, he just, he just ate it. Oh, gosh. <laughs> was like, this is the worst thing ever. <laughs> He was like, it's not that bad. And oh, now man. we now we laugh about it because it was the worst thing ever. I have never attempted another brisket oh. since then. Because my son-in-law is really great at making briskets. So we'll and let I him just, do that. Well, let's let him be the pit master and okay. I'm okay with that. <laughs> oh man. I wouldn't even think you could do that in an oven. Like your oven would awful. have been on for 24 hours and, and Yeah, it was it was awful. Awful, and that's awful. a big hunk of meat to yes. have, have not turn out well. Yes, mm. it was awful. That hurts so on awful. so many levels. <laughs> okay, how about a ho- recent, or not recent, homemaking win, memorable win? 
Okay, so we, I kind of alluded to this earlier about hospitality and everything has to be perfect and mm-hmm. all the things. Um, a recent win was this last Christmas, um, and we well Christmas Eve, and we all gathered here. And you see the size of my home; mm-hmm. it's not very big. We had twenty four people in this teeny tiny little area. Yeah, here. wow. And we had you know this extends out to to seat I think uh, six here and then we had um you know some other tables that mm-hmm. we put there and we pushed the couch back and yeah we had little kids we, you know the grandparents like everybody was here 24 people um and i loved it mm-hmm. i wasn't stressed out i was able to, to be just present mm-hmm. and years past i was just so busy on making sure the food was you know yeah all everything's still hot and everything's out and you know everybody says everybody have everything that they need like I didn't mm-hmm. we had 24 people and I didn't stress out and I loved it That's so awesome. for me that was a win congratulations <laughs> okay how about a homemaking product or resource that you are loving right now <laughs> yeah um so I love my cordless Dyson vac Mm. I can just go through the house with that thing and not yep. worry about unplugging and plugging back in. And I, it just, I just goes so fast. Yes. Um, so that's one. Um, I recently started using these, uh, this laundry detergent. It's called Earth Breeze. Okay. And so it, it comes in an envelope and, and the, Almost like dryer sheets like is sheets. what it looks. Yes. yes. And you just throw it in there and it dissolves away and it works great. And I don't have this big hunk of plastic in my laundry room anymore. Okay. So. Earth Breeze. I tried those. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that brand. It was somebody else, another brand. And it didn't disintegrate fully. Oh. And I don't know what I did wrong. Like it, it, like it was stuck to the side of the drum. Hmm. So I'm wondering... Like, did you put it in with the clothes or did you wait for yeah. it to fill up with water? Nope. No. No? Okay. Nope. Maybe I need to try that brand because yeah. the one I tried didn't work very well. Hmm. That's good to know because I was very excited for the same reason. Yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, this is a game changer. Yeah. Because and I don't have to lug it yeah. from the car or the grocery store. It just comes in the mail. <laughs> so that's, that's one that, okay. um, cool. that I've been using. And then the other, because I do have a stinky lacrosse player and his gears. <laughs> smells so bad. The last one is the um, Lysol. It's Lysol. There it is. Lysol laundry sanitizing um, detergent. Mm. And it's, so you wash the clothes. Okay. And then after it's done, you, you, you know, like almost like fabric softener. Okay. Kind of like put it there in the clothes with the drum Mm -hmm. and then you just do a rinse cycle on it. And it it gets the stink out. It gets the funk out. Really? And it's worked on towels, but I'm telling you, the lacrosse gear and the uniforms and the stuff. Oh yeah, it works I, so okay. well. And you can use it to actually to, to pre-treat as well. You could use it to just like soak it in some hot, you know, whatever you have in yeah. some hot water or yeah. whatever, and then throw yeah. it in the wash. But Good it tip. works really well. Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna check that out. All right. So, what is a favorite homemaking hack? Or tip that you've mm. come across. So when I was learning to, um, you know, my own home, mm-hmm. um, 
So I think this is when I was, I had just started with Delta Airlines. So this is after college. Now I'm working for Delta Airlines. So this is early 20s, has have my own apartment, whatever. I loved that show by, I think it was Sandra Lee, the semi-homemade. Oh, yes. That was on oh, the cooking channel. I loved channel? her stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's, I do that a lot. Semi-homemade. I'm a semi-homemade mm-hmm. uh, kind of person. So okay. if I need to do um, strawberry, um, uh, shortcake or something, mm-hmm. and I don't have time for all the things, then I may just buy the pound cake or the, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and then make it look pretty. Um, yeah. We did. Yeah. So. No, that is a, that's a fantastic tip. And I mean, I don't think she's making the show anymore. Yeah. But yeah, you can go back and go. probably on YouTube or somewhere on the, in the streaming world, I'm sure you can stream yeah. old episodes of that because she had some really fabulous ideas. Yeah. You know, just taking like, all the hacks that you see on TikTok or whatever about taking a box mix of something mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. You, you zhuzh it up with yes. with not a whole lot of effort, mm-hmm. but enough that, you know, you could, this is semi-homemade. That was, and yeah. that was the concept. So Yeah, kind of, yeah. And there's no shame at all in that no. because you got to do what you got to do. Exactly. You know, be yeah. wise with your time yeah. <laughs> and your resources. No, that's a great tip. Okay, yeah. let's talk about the art of home. So how do you see homemaking as an art? For me, it's really just how you make someone's heart feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, opening up your home with your kids, your husband, your neighbor, mm-hmm. your extended family. When they walk into your house, how do you make their heart feel? Yeah, yeah, because art, good art, elicits some kind of emotional reaction. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's good. Well, what about the parts that are? you know, maybe don't make your heart feel so good. <laughs> the mundane parts of um, keeping up with a house, you know, well, how do you find beauty in that mm-hmm, and purpose? Yes. <laughs> all the, all the things that have to get done that yeah. are not always our favorite. Like washing stinky lacrosse gear. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, so it has to get done whether we like it or not. But for me, I love a clean house mm-hmm. and I feel at rest and I feel at peace um, when my house is clean. So I may not like the act of having to mop the floors, mm-hmm. but it has to get done. Yeah. And once it's when once it's all done, then I can just feel like I can just okay, now I can just relax mm-hmm. and, and just in, enjoy it. So mm-hmm. um that's kind of what I do with the mundane. Yeah. And yeah. And it, yeah. And sometimes if it's just like, you're just chopping vegetables to start like a soup or something, Mm -hmm. it's my, you know, it's just one of those tasks that you're used to, right? So you don't really think about it or you're scrubbing a toilet and you're, you know how to do that. You don't even think about it. Right. Sure. Um, but that's the, those are times where I just, I'm able to just think in the silence of it or speak to the Lord even. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know it sounds crazy, to say that you're like talking to the Lord while you're scrubbing the toilet. Huh? But if 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 I just feel the Holy Spirit yeah. then to speak to him then because something he- is heavy on my heart or is yeah. you know something rolling around in my mind um then yeah, I just yeah. use that time. That's a that's a really great point though that what you just said about how you know you're chopping vegetables, you know how to do that. You you've done it uh, you know a hundred times, thousand times, um, cleaning the toilet. Like you can almost go into autopilot mm-hmm. mode. So with, with, I'm saying this to the younger listeners who may be just doing those things. It's challenging just to think about, okay, 
all the steps I have to do to put the soup together. And I have to think about, you know how when you're learning to do something new, it's harder until you get that muscle memory on how to do all these tasks. So stick with it, my friends, and build your muscle memory when it comes to homemaking tasks. Because then when when you're doing those mundane tasks, you don't dread them quite so much because then you just, you can do them and not zone out, but you can kind of think about, like you're saying, you can maybe think about a conversation that you had with your husband that morning or something right. that's on your heart for your kids and and pray, you know, pray while you, I get that answer a lot. I pray while I do the laundry. I pray over the people's laundry that I'm mm. folding. That's a, a very common answer to this question. Um, but I just love this point that that you brought out that, yeah, there's benefit to mastering the skills that are required for doing all these mundane tasks so that you can just kind of do them. And it's really not that big of a deal. You're not bitter about it like mm-hmm. you might have been earlier on when it took more mental effort to get the skills done. Yeah. Because it, you know, you can kind of just do them on autopilot and and use that time to just really reflect and think about yeah. other things. So yeah. that's a great point. And it doesn't always have to be like that. No. You know, it's sometimes it's just you just crank up the music yeah. and just start chopping vegetables if that's what you need to do. <laughs> right. But yeah, but for me, if if I do have something stirring in my heart or something that's on my mind and the house is just quiet quiet, then yeah. yeah. But there are sometimes when it's just, you know, everything's just great. Mm-hmm. We had a great day. Crank up the music and, you mm-hmm. know, put the soup on. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Why is gratitude important to the homemaker? And how have you seen gratitude in your own heart, having a grateful heart, mm-hmm. impact your your journey of homemaking? Yeah. Um, definitely before following the Lord um, was all about keeping up with the Joneses and the next big thing or the next big, mm-hmm. great, shiny new toy or, or whatever that was. Um but now gratitude for me looks more just like being just thankful for mm-hmm. what the Lord has provided here mm-hmm. uh, for me. I do have a house and I do have a car and I do have kids and, and a husband and just being thankful and content mm-hmm. with what the Lord has has blessed us with. Yeah. Um and extending that out, like even just like to our kids. Um, helping them to see, like, we have, you have this opportunity to play lacrosse or you have this opportunity to play in jazz band or, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. And, and just letting them, like, that's, that's a privilege. It's not a right. Mm-hmm. And we're grateful for those opportunities. Um, and not, not to cover up, like, oh, you didn't make the basketball team. I'm, I'm really sorry. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and so just, I guess what I'm trying to say is just those those silver linings sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, being grateful for just what the Lord has already blessed me with and stop peeking over at my neighbor's yard mm-hmm. yeah. at what they have. Yeah, I'm grateful for what the Lord has given me today. Mm-hmm. That's good. Well, let's talk about those other people. Let's talk about community as far as with other women. Um, we've already touched on the, the comparison trap and how we have to be careful about that. But we know that we need to support one another, mm-hmm. and we're called in the Bible. We're commanded um, in Titus 2 and in a couple other places to co- come alongside one another and, and, and link arms with other women to help us walk a faithful walk with Christ. So what is something that you would tell older women about your experience 
um, what would you say to them that would that you would want them to know so that they can come alongside your generation and be helpful and speak truth into your into your uh, experience? Yeah. So um, with this amazing blended family that I got, get to be a part of, they modeled what that looks like for me really well. Mm-hmm. Um, it was being invitational mm-hmm. all the time. Um, and in, so, yeah, invitational and, and intentional about that, about just fostering a relationship um, and not feeling pressure that I had to because they asked, well, I have to show up for that, but I really have, I need to, you know, yeah. do this other thing or whatever. Um, so, yeah. So for me, it's just be intentional, be inviting um, and let it just be easy. Mm. Don't, don't put expectations on, on the friendship or the relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't have to be complicated. Sure. It can just be, just come over and hang out. Mm-hmm. Those older women, for me, they just listened and they validated. Yeah. And they encouraged and supported when they needed to. Mm-hmm. And they were never so um, in my business, so to speak. They mm-hmm. weren't busy bodies. Yes. I just knew that they were there. And when I ran to them because I needed them, they were there mm-hmm. to do those things, to mm-hmm. validate, to support, to encourage whatever it was yeah. that I needed at the time. Um, and so, Yeah. If you've now have a daughter-in-law mm-hmm. or something like that, be that for them, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, or if you just have a young neighbor, be right. that for them, right? You know, um, right. you could be somebody else's bonus mom, mm-hmm. somebody that might just might need that. I love that. Yeah, and not that there's nothing wrong with my. My mom, my mom is lovely. She's just in another state and I don't get to see her as often. Um, So I definitely do run to her also, but um, these, these Mm -hmm. other two are just much more closer. Mm -hmm. Okay. So let's talk for a second to that younger woman. What would you say to the younger women coming behind you? To encourage them. Yeah, don't don't get try not to get caught up with with the Joneses. And it might have just been just me because where I was living at the time I was in Dallas and I feel like it was just so it's high not paced. just you. It's not just you. Okay. <laughs> no. But yeah, the keeping up with the Joneses, there's always gonna be something bigger, shinier, newer mm-hmm. out there. Yeah. Um pursue your kids' hearts. Mm. Yeah. I wish I would have known that much sooner Mm -hmm. to pursue my kids' hearts. Don't be so caught up and you have to be on the PTA or work the concession stand that you miss your kids' hearts because you're so busy with the work or the tasks. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Learn, Learn their love languages. It's, it's important to learn your husband's love language. Um, but it's really important to learn your kids' love language as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be my biggest, biggest one. Learn your kids' love languages. And it's gonna, they'll change. It'll change over time. Oh, sure. They will change constantly. Um, but yeah, learn, learn their love language 
and pursue their hearts. Okay, that's good advice. And that's a good place to stop. So thank you for sharing your story of home. Thanks for the, thanks for the honor. Thanks for the opportunity. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. Thank you so much for listening to this homemaker portrait of Jen May. I hope that you've been inspired and encouraged in your own homemaking with all the practical tips and suggestions that we talked about today and also the relational ones. Um, some of Jen's ideas about setting boundaries and really protecting your rest time and being intentional about making that time in your schedule. No matter whether you're working outside the home or not, we all need to rest because another theme that comes up often on the show is that we are not limitless. Only God is limitless and limits that he's placed on our lives, like the limit to get a good amount of sleep each night and the limit of needing regular rest times Those are good gifts from Him. They're reminders that point us to Him as our source of our strength and all that we really need in this life. He has everything that we need to do the tasks that He's called us to do, but we have to be willing to rest in Him. I love what Jen had to say to the younger women and to the older women. To the older woman, she said, be intentional, be inviting, and let it be easy. Don't put a bunch of expectations on the relationship. It really doesn't have to be complicated. And you could be somebody else's bonus mom or bonus grandma or bonus sister or whatever you want to put in in that, whatever category you want to put that in. The idea is to grow those relationships, to be there for those younger women. And whether you're in your 60s or you're in your 30s, there is a younger woman who you can pour into, who you can be a sister in Christ who will encourage and take her hand and help lead her down the path that you've already walked. And you can give her encouragement and inspiration. You can give her wisdom, but you can also just give her your presence and your prayers. That means so much. And to the younger woman who's needing some encouragement and some inspiration, Jen says to you, make sure that if you have kids, you are pursuing their hearts. Don't miss their hearts just because you're so busy with all the tasks and the work that's involved in caring for children and in raising children. Make sure that your primary focus is their hearts. Again, I'm just going to remind you to sign up for the newsletter, Homemaker Happy Mail, because that is where all of the new information is going to come from first. So if you want to know what's going on, make sure that you're signed up for that. Um, I share not just what's coming, but I also share resources, anything related to today's episode. That is where you will find it. And that includes the fabulous gluten-free banana upside down cake recipe that Jen made for me um, the day I went to do this interview with her. And I'm telling you, I would not have known it was it was gluten-free unless she told me, and it was so good. So I'm going to share that with you guys in the newsletter this Friday, so make sure that you're signed up. Go to theartofhomepodcast.com slash subscribe. If you have found some encouragement and some inspiration and value in today's episode, would you consider showing us some love and appreciation in one of the following ways? The most important thing that you can do is you can share this episode or any of our episodes with a friend, with a homemaker that you know who could use some encouragement in her practice of the art of home. 
Uh, The second thing that you can do is you can leave us a rating and a review on your listening app. This is very helpful because um, it helps other people when they're searching on homemaking as a podcast topic and hopefully our show will come up. They can read what some other people have said about the show and it'll help them know whether this show is a good fit for them or not. And plus, we love reading your reviews. It just makes my heart so happy when I hear about how the show has impacted you and encouraged you in your practice of the art of home. So it only takes a few minutes. Go leave a review. I would so appreciate that. And finally, if you are so moved, you can leave us a tip in our virtual tip jar, buy me a coffee. Tips are given in the amounts of $5. So you can buy us one coffee for $5 or two or three or as many as you would like. Just go to buymeacoffee.com slash the art of home. Well, that's it for today's episode. I will be back next week with our deep dive into the first pillar of homemaking, identity, with my good friend, Susan Macias, who literally wrote a book on identity in Christ. I can't wait. It's a great conversation. You're going to love it. Until then, keep practicing your art of making a home.